Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We've talked a lot about the reality of daily life in Gaza right now. Basic necessities like water, food, and fuel are in short supply. The threat of Israeli strikes is always hovering overhead. And out of all the stories we've heard from Palestinians there, a common theme emerges. There is very little thought about the future. And I'm not talking about a week from now. People don't know what their next few hours will look like. Moment to moment is all many can afford to think about. But what does that future look like? And who gets to decide? It may have destroyed Hamas's military infrastructure, but it's left the Palestinian Gazan population even more desperate, even more radicalized than it was before. Today, a look at what Israel's post-war plans may look like and whether anyone in the region will ever get on board with them. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Rind. Matthew Chance is CNN's chief global affairs correspondent. We spoke to him in the early days of the war about the Israeli intelligence failures that paved the way for the deadly Hamas terror attacks. He's back on the ground now in Tel Aviv. Matthew, as we record this on the morning of November 21st, we do seem to be a long way off from the end of the fighting in Gaza, notwithstanding any temporary pauses for any kind of hostage deal. But I've been wondering about what happens if or when we do get to the eventual end of all this. What has Israel said about what it has planned for Gaza when this is all over? Well, I think that's a very good question. And I think part of the problem is that this was such a surprise, these October the 7th attacks. It it, it took the Israelis so unawares. It was such an intelligence failure that there really wasn't an oven-ready plan that they could put into force to, to respond to it. So they've had to sort of do it very much um, on the hoof. And I, I think the result of that is that we've seen a kind of lack of consensus. I, I've spoken to several Israeli officials about this. And, you know, what they say is that they've developed a three-point plan. Mm. The first point is to destroy Hamas and to make sure it no longer poses a threat to to Israel. They then want to demilitarize Gaza to make sure that there are no Palestinian radical groups, armed groups inside that territory. And that's complicated because it has to be verified. And Israeli officials say the only people they trust to verify are their own armed forces, the IDF. Although they say that's not an occupation, but obviously the the effect of that would be that Israel would have a constant presence across the Gaza Strip. The third aspect of their plan, they say, is to de-radicalize the, the population to prevent children, Palestinian children in in Palestinian schools from being taught what they say is a doctrine of hate against Jews. Look, I mean, all of those aspects of the plan are extremely complicated. You you might say unrealistic at at this point as well. But nevertheless, that's, that's what Israeli officials are saying is their aim, their objective, their strategic goal at the end of this bloodshed. 
I mean, how would that work in practice? Well, I mean, that, it, it's difficult to, to know how that's going to work. I mean, not, not least because there are no Palestinian groups out there that are going to want to ride into Gaza as the Israeli-appointed, Israeli-approved, you know, kind of leadership of Gaza, basically on the back of an Israeli tank. I mean, it, it's going to be a challenge, to say the least, if not impossible, to find a Palestinian leadership that has the trust of the Israelis and the legitimacy it needs to rule uh, amongst Palestinian people. Joining me now is Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Sir, thank you so much for joining me. Let's start. The Israelis have made it clear that they don't believe the Palestinian Authority, which is the the body that governs the West Bank, is the right authority to oversee the security situation and and the governance of of Gaza. They don't de-radicalize. They teach our children the hatred of Israel. They do pay for slay. They pay for terrorist murderers and their families. The more Jews they kill, the more they pay. Uh, they uh, they uh, uh, refuse to this day, 36 days after this savagery, to uh, uh, condemn uh, so if what, not the PA, what Hamas then who? did on November 7th. Sorry? If not the PA, well, then has to be a There has to be a reconstructed civilian authority. There has to be something else. Otherwise, we're just falling into that same uh, rabbit hole. And we're going to have the but same... But what they're saying is they want to see perhaps members of the Palestinian business community, Palestinians, they say, are who are in favour of peace. That's the, the terminology that they tend to use. Mm. Who will emerge, who will take up the reins of leadership in the Gaza Strip. And it, 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 it sounds so idealistic when I, when I hear myself saying this. But nevertheless, that's the, the sort of approach that the Israelis are saying that they're looking for, for the, for the longer term security. The more realistic possibility, probability, is that people in Gaza are going to find themselves much more radicalised than they were uh, previously. Uh Um, And if a a vacuum is created, if there is no Palestinian leadership that is put in there by the Israelis, then a vacuum will will emerge. And that vacuum, like, like in the past, will undoubtedly be filmed by radical Palestinian groups who are angered by what their people have been suffering and are continuing to suffer. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We're back with Tug of War and my conversation with CNN's Matthew Chance. 
I realize that the region and the U.S. as well, of course, from afar, have a kind of vested interest of what happens in this situation going forward. So what are they saying about what they want to see happen here? Well, you know, the official position of of most actors in this whole Palestinian-Israeli question is that a two-state solution is still the best the best way forward, that there'll be a, you know, a Palestinian state uh, and, and an Israeli state. But, I mean, the, the realistic chances of that happening now, not just because of the war that's underway, but because of the, the territorial encroachment by the Israelis in the West Bank and, and various other factors as well, it just makes it as, as, as unlikely it is as it has ever been. The other sort of immediate practical challenge uh, when Hamas is destroyed in Gaza, and I think you know, there's, there's every chance that Israel will, will achieve that aspect of its military strategy, is how do you rebuild a city, a community, a country, really, or a territory from, from that rubble? I mean, the, right. the scenes of devastation that we've, we've seen are absolutely breathtaking. It is going to take hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to even make an impact on, on rebuilding the infrastructure and the buildings and the houses. Like beyond the political uh, concerns, there's just basic infrastructure and basic shelters that need to be stood up again. No, exactly. Houses have to be rebuilt. Hospitals have to re- be rebuilt. The whole infrastructure, the water supply system, the energy system, it all has to be reconstructed. And that's going to take vast resources. What the Israelis say is that, well, look, this is an opportunity for you know, countries uh, in the region to invest in you know, the Palestinian people. But there's reluctance on the part of countries in the region because no one wants to do anything that is going to undermine the future viability of a Palestinian state. No, no one in the Arab world wants to, wants to go anywhere near any kind of policy that is going to undermine the possibility of a Palestinian state emerging in the future. So, so Egypt, for instance, has been very reluctant to take administrative control over Gaza in case that becomes permanent. The surrounding countries, including Egypt and others, have been very reluctant to take refugees from Gaza in case those Palestinians never get a chance uh, to go back to their homes, to go back to the land. And so, yes, it is a a real problem and it's difficult to see. And I'm I'm sorry, I know you were asking for answers, but it's difficult to see what the positive outcome of this conflict is going to be. It, It looks to me like there's going to be a shrinkage of Gaza territory. In fact, the Israelis have indicated there will be a buffer zone between Israel proper and the people of Gaza. Now, whether that will involve them going back to the northern Gaza Strip or not, it's not clear. And so the territory of Gaza will be shrunken, and that's going to increase the the already acute problems of overcrowding. That in itself is going to feed in to the discontent and the radicalization of people inside Gaza. And, And so we could be looking at a situation at the end of this where, you know, yes, Israel may have sort of created a buffer zone. It may have destroyed Hamas's military infrastructure, but it's left a Palestinian Gazan population even more desperate, even more radicalized than it was before. I guess big picture then, you mentioned this three-point plan, and there's a lot of questions, obviously, about the specifics, about the implementation eventually. Why does it matter that there isn't a full laid-out plan for the aftermath of this operation? Like, wh- why, are, why are people saying that, I understand, Israel, that you were attacked and that 1,200 people were killed, but what is your plan down the road? I think it's, it's a question of 
sustainability. You know, it's a it's it's a question of how do you extricate yourself, your soldiers, your country from this intergenerational conflict. You know, if you go in to a military situation like this without a, a real plan about how to get out of it or what exactly you need to achieve before you can get out. I mean, you you sentence Israel, you sentence your country to a prolonged, protracted, bloody campaign. I mean, we've seen it in other countries as well. I mean, look at the United States. I mean, I was in Afghanistan in 2001 when the US military went into Afghanistan. Commanders here on the front lines say their forces are at full strength and waiting for the order to push on the capital. Still, there's no sign about when the order will come for them to move. On and I was still reporting from there 20 years later when Biden eventually pulled pulled everybody out. Right, 20 years. But, you know, 20 years of bloodshed and of heartache and of violence, partly because there wasn't a proper plan about what needed to be achieved. I understand and many Americans understand. You can't look at what has happened here to your mothers, your fathers, your grandparents, sons, daughters, children, even babies, and not scream out for justice. Justice must be done. And President Biden has warned Israel against this, about not repeating the mistakes that the US made after 9-11. But I caution this while you feel that rage, don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. Israel is in danger of committing itself to a war without end that is going to bleed not just Palestinian lives, but Israeli lives as well. Fascinating perspective. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure, David. Thank you very much. Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Alex Manasseri, Robert Mathers, John Dianora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jamis Andrust, Nicole Pesaru, and Lisa Namoro. Special thanks to Caroline Patterson, Mick Crever, and Katie Hinman. And just a heads up, we will not have an update this Friday, but you can check out the CNN Five Things podcast or head over to CNN.com for the very, very latest. We'll be back on Monday. I'll talk to you then. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii.